update, we are still sitting here looking at a Pokeball. Nick, just force quit and then reboot it. That's the only option. Lose this Hypno. It's going to be all You're because gonna of get you, it. Mike. Either you have it or you don't already. The server knows whether you have it or not. I lost a Squirtle that was over level 200. I was pretty upset. Would have been a great evolution. Evolution? How would you have evolved it? With Squirtle candy. Catching 14 others? Oh, you mean like when you eventually evolved it? You like yeah. oh, okay. max out the base level stats and right. then and then go for the evolution. No, that's, the, that's a mistake. Yeah, that's not how you do it. I don't know. It's, it's been working well for me. It's about to fail miserably. You're going to about to be so disappointed in all the time you wasted doing that. You're going to start catching like 1,200 level Pokemon and you'll be like, why did I do that? I promise you, Nick. This is, this is episode 108 of Future Chat. The episode wherein everybody here is apparently going to strain to not talk about Pokemon until the end of the show. And just, just heads up, I'm not going to yeah. listen to 107. Not with a title like that. Well, you know what's going to happen. We we actually talked about you in that show, so maybe that will encourage you to listen. I assume I was talked about. That's why you're talking about Bulbasaur. Because why else would you talk about Bulbasaur? Honestly. I, I'm not actually sure you came up at that point, but anyways. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, this is, this is a show that um, got out of hand because there was a phenomenon that took over the world, or at least a huge part of it. Uh, or at least a huge part of the English speaking. I have no idea what the uptake is in countries that don't speak English. Uh, but I assume it's pretty popular. I don't know. I don't even know if it's been localized to other languages than English. But, you can just uh, set your but, language to whatever you want. But if it hasn't been localized, it'll just show up as English. Right. So uh, we're going to talk about Pokemon and the worldwide phenomenon that it is later. And uh, first, Nick, why don't you tell why don't you tell us what your issues are with Ubuntu this week? Okay, well, I have two things I want to get to right off the top. One is why Ubuntu isn't working this week, and the other is um, questionable choices made in my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually my dad will. Well, depending on the time, how it works out, usually he'll tune in to just the very first part of this podcast live just okay. in the part where we talk about how we're doing and uh someone decided that i think someone decided that the champs the lise was more interesting than our podcast this week dad i, I mean i would <coughs> say you can do both i don't even know what that is or it's not Delize, it's Elise. The Champs Elise? No, I think Delize. Champs-Elysée. Yeah. The point is. Thanks, the Dad. The Tour de France. Ah, uh, why don't we just call yeah. it Tour de France? Well, it's. No, I believe that's the not it. <laughs> Wait, what? what are we talking about right now? The, the prominent. We're we talking landmark? about local, like, actual news? No. Okay, hold on. What are you talking about? <laughs> My father. It's is in France. Oh, literally. Okay, literally the Champs-Élysées. <laughs> yeah. My father decided that hanging out on the Champs-Élysées, which is an avenue now that I see it, mm -hmm. he thought that would be more interesting than listening to Future Chat Live. Is he aware that we stream live on yes, the internet? because that we 
mentioned that not five minutes ago. So I don't mm. see the issue here. He can listen later. He can listen now. I, I don't understand. He should do both, if we're being honest. <laughs> Which we are. Yeah. So really, the, the, the issue here is not that he isn't listening live. It's we're trying to figure out if he's going to listen at all. Which I no, hope he does. He now. should be listening live. That is the issue. Yeah. So for for people who aren't aware, that actually is like that's like the finish line where they set up for the Tour de France. Like it ends at the Champs Elysees. Gotcha. Ah, that's how that comes into play there. Yeah. So so what's yeah. wrong with my computer this week? And it's a fun story. <laughs> Just the other day, I had to force reboot. And the computer was in the middle of an update. And I was like, nah, I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll see. Because the update was frozen and just not responding. Right. And so then I tried to boot up the machine and it booted fine. And then I logged in. I it typed in my password. I hit enter and it hung. And then it gave me the login screen again. <laughs> with the little, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Ubuntu lately, but it has the little drum that thing yeah 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 give it gave me that and gave me the login screen again and i typed it in again it gave me the drums again etc etc as it turns out uh the solution appears to be loading an old version of linux okay yeah so like, how did you get in now i loaded 0.41 instead of 0.42 oh okay that appears to be a long-term solution so I want to finally upgrade to 1604, hmm. which I have not yet done. Uh, so you don't have a solution. You're just, you, you downgraded. But how did you get in? How did you actually get in to make that change? What do you mean? Oh, it's like part you, of Grub. Okay. It's okay. part of the bootloader. There's Ubuntu and advanced options for Ubuntu, and it's under advanced options. Okay. Yeah. So, brought to you this week by Grub. Like, I mean, brought to you every weekend, or weekend by Grub, but special thanks to Grub this week. Fair also, enough. my researching staff. Mm. <laughs> the guys on, on ATP were talking about Hackintoshes recently. They were. This past one. And, I, what's it, John? I think it was John that was talking about his experience with the Hackintosh and uh, or maybe it's Casey, I can't remember. And how he's like, oh yeah, you know, I ran or I installed OS X, not OS X, whatever the version of Apple's OS was at the time on a PC. And he's like, oh yeah, and Wi-Fi didn't work. Oh, and audio didn't work, but I liked it. And they're like, uh, those are kind of major issues if you're trying to have, oh, you know, Apple's and, OS run on your, your PC. In all so. seriousness, when I first got into Ubuntu, that's what those were my problems exactly. <laughs> right. My Wi-Fi <laughs> didn't work and my audio didn't work unless I had headphones, but I just liked it so much. I was like, well, if I put my headphones in, this is fine. <laughs> right. Headphones, wired connection, this is great. It's so fast. It, <laughs> it was definitely Casey, because okay. John would never do that. Um, but I want to say, for the record, Nick... The difference between a Hackintosh and Ubuntu is that Ubuntu, you can Google and fix it, whereas a Hackintosh, they, it will, it's not a solved problem. They have no idea how to get it working because mm. it's not on approved hardware. And that's the whole reason that 
they're such a weird beasts well compared to a bunch nor was this on approved hardware whatever laptop i had it took forever for them to finally support it right anyways so hopefully your problems will be fixed eventually when you decide to man up and upgrade to the latest ubuntu you said there's a new major version that you haven't done yet yeah i'm just i'm just shocked by the uh by the blatant gender dichotomy I, I was too with. Uh, you, coming from um, you Rob that was yeah that is not at all sensitive Rob should I say step up is that better yes or or oh there was someone there was someone on reddit who said that like you know there was a woman they were talking to and normally they just said grow up hair mm. but because she was part of the group they started saying fortify and then I thought, well, that's perfect Metapod analogy there. You could just say hardly. <laughs> I don't think that quite fits both genders, there is though. An, there is an Australian phrase that goes harden up. That could, right. that could be it, too. Mm. But females also grow a pair, just a different pair. Are you talking ovaries? That, too. <laughs> so, okay. I Here's think we were referring to chesticles. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, but I've. Oh, the okay. Okay, so here, here's something that happened to me that happened to me this season playing soccer. I haven't played soccer since I was much less aware of kind of gender disparity and and proper language and all that. And there's a common thing you say when someone is attacking a, one of your players. You say "man on," like that's a that's a common phrase across genders. That's what you say. Like yeah. there's no equivalent. I don't know what to say. Other than like man on or like, hey, guys, I don't everything else like folks sounds really weird and folks on. (laughs) I like, do you say person on like you need you need a one syllable thing. Belligerent on belligerent on. I I don't have a solution for this, but I'm very aware of that. Like I'm aware of of gendered terms as I'm saying. them. Yeah, no, that's I don't that's like. That's just doing what the French do, and if there's a group, you refer in the masculine. Right. Just defaulting to masculine. That's different than, like, straight up men are strong and women are weak dichotomies there. Uh, Yeah, you're right. And I wasn't, like, I'm not saying man up because I think people need to be stronger. I'm saying man up because you are a man, and I want you to get up and install Ubuntu. I, I am well aware of the language that I used, and I wouldn't use it in all situations. So if I were a woman, you'd say, come on, woman up and install Ubuntu. I might. You wouldn't. Stop being a little girl and become a woman and install Ubuntu. <laughs> I, you know what? I really love those, uh, those Dove. Is it like a girl commercials where they have adult women and men? Like, oh, yeah throw a baseball like a girl and they're like they do like the daintiest throw possible and then they ask the little girls to throw like a girl and they just like they're so tough about it they're like throwing as hard as they can it's so like it's so true Hmm. we're trained there's there's no creative editing or producing at all in those commercials by the way no but that is a totally true thing i'm not saying it's impervious to being an ad right (laughs) It, it it just struck me as a very true thing whether or not it's been manipulated which it presumably has yeah I I still very much support the thesis of the commercial, mm-hmm. regardless yeah, sure. how it's been edited. Yeah, Mike, well, way to go, Mike. I've I've noticed that. Mike, Emma's, do you not have a daughter? 
Yeah. Is this how you're raising your daughter, Mike? (laughs) No, this is where I'm going with this. So I've noticed that with Emma's dolls or toys, she like she had, I think it was like a Shamu whale and then a little cabbage patch doll and then Mm -hmm. a little princess or something. And she said, oh, you know, the whale's black colored and the doll is skin colored. And so then I'm like, oh, well, like skin can be different colors. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that's, you know, peach colored or whatever. Right. So I'm trying to not get into that idea of like, yeah, you yeah. know, skin colored. Right. Because mm-hmm. like I know why she's saying it, but mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of like mindset that you get into just growing up that it's like, well, this is skin colored and that's a different color. It was like, well, that's right. not really a thing. Mm-hmm. So although that, that being said, there's a limited palette of skin colors that we have. It's just much broader than just kind of the the quote-unquote default right. white person's skin color right okay best skin color story ever <laughs> um in kirkland lake ontario i don't know if you're Uh-oh. familiar with kirkland lake no interestingly enough elliot lake came up in conversation <laughs> the other day of course it we're did we're talking about places that eleanor could stop as she goes back across northern ontario so amon if you're listening aren't you from elliot lake um is that a skin color story or is that still coming (laughs) yeah no the skin color story is coming okay Uh, so there was a couple that had a baby in kirkland lake and so they kept the baby for jaundice because the nurses looked at the baby and they thought it looked jaundiced and but like all the blood work was coming back negative for all the causes mm-hmm. and they were like we just don't know what's wrong with this baby like it everything looks fine it should be okay but it's not it's jaundiced and finally i think it was the mother said you know my husband's asian <laughs> <laughs> oh and no so apparently the baby had a slight yellow tint According to the nurses, from being yeah, from being uh like appearing right. Southeast Asian, mm-hmm. and the baby was fine. <laughs> they just That's... kept it because it was Asian. Was the husband not there? Also, no, they knew. That's so weird. Yep, that's pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> I think it's it's not one bad. thing to run tests just out of like precaution, which is good. But if after coming back negative, it's like, I don't know what could be wrong. Yeah. Why Definitely is this something. baby not pink? All <laughs> <laughs> oh, babies come out pink. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I mean, this kind of leads well into uh, the thing you want to talk about, Mike. Why don't we, why don't we just talk about uh, children and medical, medical yeah, experiences? It, it was kind of cool. Like, I've always seen like little kids lately like more recently anyway little kids with glasses you know they, mm-hmm. even 18 months old like babies essentially with glasses and i'm like how could they ever know what prescription to give a baby <laughs> yeah. that just seems yeah. weird and it's like do they just guess do they have like a default prescription they just give children like i don't understand this because mm-hmm. it's hard enough for me to go in like for my eyes when i get a new prescription and to say oh yeah this is better this is worse and to try to narrow in on on a prescription That's the toughest thing to do right like, oh man is it arb I, it's like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're and then both I so close i wonder if they're trying to like trick me sometimes by showing me the same two prescription i'm like they're exactly the same, the same <laughs> so anyway 
I took Emma for her eye exam, like her eye checkup. And they did various exams, like the kind where you show the cards and say, okay, what's this? What's this? What's this? And for them, they do like pictures. So there's like a house, a boat, a duck, like recognizable pictures, like not letters, obviously, because kids that age aren't familiar with the alphabet mm-hmm. yet. You have houses, boats, and ducks. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, all different shapes and, you know, very recognizable. So mm-hmm. they did that. And then they did this thing where they held like a little light and then held a lens in front of it. And the doctor was looking at Emma's eyes while she was doing it. And then after that whole procedure, she's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, her eyes have a slight imbalance in their, you know, current eyesight power or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So then at the end, I'm like, how could you tell? Like, not out of like skepticism, but yeah, just yeah, curiosity. Yeah. I'm like, because and because I saw her holding the lens up, like, what the heck could she be doing? So she explained that the way they do it is they have this light that shines through one lens that they're holding up and then through the eye. And then they look at the difference in the um, positioning of the light in the back of the eye. Mm. So after it's gone through two lenses, they'll like wiggle it. And if the movement mirrors what the wiggling is doing, then they know the prescription matches the prescription of the other lens. Right. Um, or is like the reverse of it, I guess. Like it cancels yeah, yeah, it out. Yeah. But if it if you move it the one way and it moves the other way, then they like change the prescription till it's a neutral change, like so that it matches. Huh. So you're basically trying to cancel out the refraction of the eyes lens with this bigger lens, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of how they give a rough idea of what the prescription of the eye is. So like once once she said that it you know reflects through the or refracts through the one lens and the eyes and then hits the back of the eye and they look to see what the light's doing at the back of the eye then it made so, like, sense are they to looking me for are they looking for a point of focus at the back of the eye and if it's too big then it's wrong or i'm not sure no. i understand sorry so so there's she's saying that they look at the light in the back of the eye i don't know how like focused this light already is but it must be focused enough that it can go through the pupil and still be seen in the back of the eye and and so like it's refracting twice. So if you have like the refractive index and then like yeah, through, the inverse through the lens in front of the eye and yeah. then, then the hits lens the, of the eye. Right. Because yeah. if it refracts one way and then back the other way, then it's a net like no change of right. the position, right? Wait, but if so it's they're, like they're bouncing it back and looking at I I'm not sure how I'd this have works, to draw sorry. like the ray diagram for the light, but Okay. So d- you go away. Get get a whiteboard, some markers. Rob and I will occupy ourselves. If you just look up like double lens refraction, it should kind of be. I, I think we're familiar with double lens refraction. Well, like, so I'm, so well, I'm not sure how they're measuring it at the back of the eye. That's the problem. They're not measuring. It's it's completely qualitative, like subjective so determination. Are, are they looking at the light at the back? Yeah. Of the eye? Yes. They're like literally I, like how looking, I, with their eyes. I don't know, but they're looking Jeez. into the back of the eye and they're like wiggling this light to see what it does at the back of the eye It's very huh. imperfect, but it's the best they can do when kids are that young. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that sounds fantastic. Like, yeah. So anyway, they're I, able to determine that her, her one eye is slightly stronger than the other. So they're going to keep a close eye on it. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, I've, yeah. I've actually been impressed with Calgary eye doctors so far. I am at yeah. risk for glaucoma. Oh. And so in Belleville, 
the situ or the test is to actually like anesthetize your eyes and then poke them. <laughs> yeah. And as someone who doesn't like their eyes being touched, that is like they've got me in the back of the chair and I'm like struggling and getting away. <laughs> and they're like and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be doing this. It's just happening. Yeah. Yeah. I had one eye doctor say that the absolute best thing was patients that pass out because you can just do the exam like that. Right. Huh. Yeah. Here they just like you sit in front of a thing and it shoots a puff of air at your eye and then they like measure what that puff does and that's how they determine eye pressure. Well, they've had that for a long time. I've always I've had that test before. Is that not common? Just comparing to Belleville, I think he's saying. Must be nice, Mike. <laughs> was that like one bad doctor in Belleville and that's become the Belleville no, that's barometer like for the state of the art in Belleville because there's not oh. enough people to warrant buying such an expensive thing that mm. does the air puff thing. So far as I know, Belleville optometrists and ophthalmologists, please write in. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Interesting. We know you're out there. Um, yeah, that's, that's unpleasant. I, I find imagine. it very odd. The idea that, a child needs glasses that young. So this is the thing. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what is she needing to read like, or see far away? Well, like she has to learn to do it. Right. So the whole thing is that if you catch it early enough, then you can train your brain to like start strengthening the other vision, like the, in like the cortex or visual cortex, I guess right. you call it. But if you wait too long, the brain just starts like reinforcing that imbalance mm. and it gets like too far along to actually correct it. But between like birth to six years is the most development for the visual cortex. Okay. So they're able to like actually train the brain to kind of like fix that imbalance. That's so awesome. It, so if you, if vision was weak, they would try to do things to strengthen vision in general. But if, if it's, there's an imbalance, like would they get bifocals? Would they only have one actual corrective lens in one eye? I th I think, yeah. So they basically, I think, weaken. Weaken the good eye? She, she was basically saying that you'd like cancel out the imbalance. Right. So like, yeah, you'd, you'd tell the brain to like strengthen the weak eye more. Right. So huh. yeah, I guess make the weak eye even weaker. So that you're strengthening it, or maybe the other way around. I I I'd have to think about it a bit more. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure. It's, yeah. I'm sure it's like complicated, and they've done yeah. their homework. But but yeah, it, it, I don't think strange. it's the same way that you get corrective lenses as an adult, because that way yeah. you're just trying to fix the vision, so your brain doesn't have to overwork itself to try to right. fix it. Well, and so that you can actually focus. Yeah, but as a kid, you're just trying to train the brain to strengthen like the other eye's yeah. vision. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to have a toddler at any age really when they're trying to learn you wouldn't want their vision to be blurry you wouldn't want them not being able to actually see or like if you can't read how are you going to learn to read yeah like you need that so i get it but it yeah it seems it seems strange to picture a child that young with glasses yeah and what they'll do sometimes if it's like a strong enough imbalance that they'll have these glasses that have one eye blacked out so right. that your brain just doesn't rely on that eye at all and you only wear that for like two to five hours a day or something they were saying but mm -hmm. i yeah. remember seeing those what's that mm. i remember seeing those as a kid yeah interesting so there there's a lot we can still talk about here before pokemon do you guys do either of you in the stories you have have something you 
really want to talk about. We can maybe do one one big one and save the other ones for I would like to next time. About I, I assume we're going to talk about Pokemon for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to talk about Rationalia because yeah yeah oh did uh, yeah okay did you guys actually read the piece because I read it again this morning I did I read the piece I I I have a lot of thoughts about Rationalia and and this this piece specifically and how terrible it is. I th- I think I kind of like TLDR'd it halfway through, but I got the gist of it. it. He keeps trying to come back to saying, oh, you know, science can be good, but then here's all the reasons why quote unquote science isn't. And he just defeats his own argument by talking about comparing quote unquote science to actual science. Like talking about how phrenology was a f- like a fad where... People looked like brain shape and using that to talk about like almost um, better races or worse races and how that was like cutting edge science at the time. And it just I don't think it was. That's like saying um, dueling when it was big was cutting edge like military tactics or cutting edge arguing argumentation tactics like it wasn't. It was a fad that was terrible and like not like it was quote unquote science, but it wasn't actual science. There was no evidence based uh, thing for this, for phrenology. And like the entire article is like that. Is it fair to say that those arguments are more straw man arguments where you're trying to set up this false, maybe that's not a straw man then, but you're trying to set up this. this, I I think you've got a good straw man there. It's like, okay. well, this is what the rationalia people believe. And it's wrong! Right. And then... That's like a f- false something. I can't remember what it is with the, the philosophy. False dichotomy? No, I'm not a false dichotomy. No. I was going to say, I thought that was straw man. That might be straw man. A- anyway. I thought he was doing... Well, it sounds yeah. reasonable now that you say it. But so the I guess what I was going to say is, yeah. because he's saying that this is what science quote-unquote science used to be we have good reason to believe that where science is now is reliable and well past that like we've we've learned a lot in those right hundred years and or 50 years or however long you want to say and what science is going to be used to make decisions in rationalia are a lot more reliable and thought out and evidence-based than they were back then right right and even the scientific method and processes have changed in that time as well. Yeah. Like, we're not floating people to see if they're witches anymore. Mm. Right? The, yeah. The, she weighs for, the same as a duck. <laughs> <laughs> for, for people who aren't going to read this entire thing, um, Rationalia is this... I don't think it's actually Neil deGrasse Tyson that started this, but he like he wrote a bit about it and has been talking about it. It's the idea that a government or a nation should be set up that is ba- that makes policy decisions based solely on evidence, not on uh, ideally not on biases, not on uh, kind of constructions, not on subjectivity, but on kind of objective reality from directly from evidence. And it, it it's a good article in that it's a great 
thing you can look at to go like, this is why this is wrong. This is why this is wrong. This is why this is wrong. Um, and I just think that like he, he goes on, he mentions the third Reich as a secular utopianism. Whereas it was like, it was just a genocide. It was like the worst, the least scientific thing that we can possibly well, imagine under the I mean, guise he, of being scientific, right? Under yeah. the guise of "quote unquote" science. Yeah, he makes he makes proper arguments in that. Well, these things were based on "quote unquote" science, man. But like, it wasn't <laughs> actually like in with uh, hindsight, you can see that these scientific listeners. That was air quotes. There, that was silent air quotes. <laughs> scientific studies but like it wasn't properly done it wasn't proper mm. science like phrenology or differences based on race etc etc mm. but like oh, this was just it was a painful article and i'm just gonna like come out and say my absolute gut reaction like it was written by a sociologist Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they really appreciate proper statistical weighting of evidence and stuff like that. Right. And there was also the little like tweet that Neil deGrasse Tyson gave saying in science, when human behavior enters the equation, things go nonlinear. That's why physics is easy and sociology is hard. And the sociologist is like, see, see, sociology is hard and physics is easy. I've been telling you this the whole time and I've got news for the author. I bet Neil deGrasse Tyson could pick up some sociology, but I don't think the author can pick up as much physics as Neil deGrasse Tyson does. Right. I thought, oddly enough, that second, that last tweet in the article from Neil deGrasse Tyson, the the article writer completely missed the point of what he was saying he tyson was saying of course this is hard he wasn't trying to say like oh you know physics is easy like he he was explicitly acknowledging this is a complicated subject and that's the whole point like that's why this is going to be a difficult like that's why this is going to be a challenge to actually do that's why politics is a challenge but it seemed like he was sort of saying he sort of brushed it off as going oh he, he just thinks he just thinks, oh, it's it's complicated. Let's not worry about that and go with rationalia. But what he's saying is even rationalia will be hard because sociology is hard and people don't behave rationally all the time. Is that what he was saying? That's how I read it. It's not. I I assumed those are two distinct tweets. I didn't they're, look at the timeline. Maybe distinct, but I think they're internally consistent. Okay, so I I want to play the other side of the argument mm -hmm. and and talk about immigration and. If the evidence so far suggests that people who commit, say, acts of terrorism are most often people who are either recently immigrated or, um, you know, follow, you know, extreme religions from other parts of the world, or whatever, is that evidence to suggest that you should tighten immigration policy and not be as welcoming of people if that were true if that would be but it isn't true if I, I can go if i can like give what i believe to be an actual answer you figure out the economic cost of one of these hypothetical terrorist attacks and weight it against the economic benefits of introducing large groups of immigrants which is why western countries are entered or 
are allowing a lot of immigrants in. Right. And I mean, that also has the explicit assumption, I believe, that it's immigrants that are causing to, or immigrants that are perpetrating these terrorist attacks mm. yeah. where a lot of terrorist attacks are actually carried out by native born citizens. Yeah. yeah. The vast so, majority. No, but I, so that's why I said, if like, if, if that were yeah. like in a hypothetical situation, if that were the case, would that be in, in a social policy sense where you're trying to be, you know, empathetic and sympathetic and, you know, welcoming of your world's population or whatever. So you're, you're trying mm-hmm. to balance kind of, the evidence with well is that the good and right thing to do and and that and often that can't be based on evidence knowing very little about it and having not actually gotten to that part of my one book on political philosophy i'm pretty sure rationalia would employ utilitarianism which focuses on doing the greatest benefit for the greatest number of people in terms of Mm -hmm. a policy lens i'm pretty sure that's what rationalia would employ so you just you figure out what's going to do the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people and then do that. And if that means admitting some extremist terrorists, maybe that's good. If the extremist terrorists, if it's like, I don't know, nine in every 10 people instead of one kook in every million, then maybe you shut your doors. Yeah, I would make the argument there is much more than one kook in every million Yes, that here. is. So, I think yeah. you're right. Right. The, I think it, when it comes to immigration, the policy is not we're okay with letting a f- couple terrorists in out of every million people. The point is we're screening everyone who comes in and making sure that they don't have terrorist affiliations, that they ideally would not like there. Nobody is saying we're fine with letting terrorists in. They're saying we are going to be, we are going to welcome immigrants with open arms, especially refugees. And we are going to police everyone the same way. Citizens or other who are breaking laws. And I think, I think that's part of the problem. Like you have to realize that it's people being radicalized, not immigrants being radicalized. Yeah, exactly. Because, and this might be another contentious statement, but immigrants are people too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah, sure that would fly in my hometown of Belleville, Ontario, but I think it can fly here in this uh, in this yeah. space. Uh, people often forget, I think, and even when they're reminded, it doesn't like talking again about rational thought. People need to really be reminded that immigrants like North America was like the way it is now is the way it is because people immigrated here. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse, for the populations that were here before, like obviously for the worse. Yeah. But everyone who's here, who's who's being xenophobic and being racist and bigoted and all of that, came here from somewhere else. It was just a couple somewhere generations back down earlier. The line, yeah, right. I think the other important thing to realize is rationalism is by definition like a reasoning. So you're Mm -hmm. weighing many different things in that decision. So it's not just looking up in your evidence book and be like, oh, evidence says this. That's what we're doing. Exactly. Right. So you still have to talk about it and and reason it out. And uh, and yeah, like Nick was saying, you know, figure out what's the best thing to do for the greatest amount of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be very difficult to actually run a nation or any society 
based on rationalia. But like one of the things pretty early in this piece uh, is he, he makes the point that experts don't know as much as they think they do. And experts often get it wrong. And it just makes me think about how ex- yeah, yes, experts can be biased because people can be biased and experts are people. But just because experts can have bias doesn't mean that people can ignore or play down biases or be more objective and that our the policy of rationalia isn't believe things experts think it is go based on evidence so if experts are not going based on evidence then yeah they're not like that's not rationalia right oh man and i'm reading it, through this article again it's just getting me all riled up yeah i know in it, fact creationism so has a lot more in common with scientism than folks like tyson or dawkins would ever admit like mm-hmm. tyson creationists begin with certain prior commitments in brackets evolution cannot cannot be true is to science cannot be wrong and build an impressively consistent argument upon them mm-hmm. i don't think what scientist would would self-respecting scientist would ever say science can't be wrong yeah no that's science like an implicit assumption within science it's like yeah this is what we think based on this evidence but as soon as we yeah. have a counter example it's bunk because exactly. that's how science works <laughs> It can't I, yeah. be wrong because it's self-correcting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, it can be, we can maintain false that's, beliefs in the yeah. short term, but we are open to correcting them because yeah. that's yes. how well, it works. It, it's even. And that's why I don't think a, a sociologist is qualified <laughs> to write about all of science. It's, yeah. it's even if I may sorry if I may quote Kai's cousins it is a science so soft you could spread it on toast <laughs> it's even been seen that say with like the Higgs boson or or any other sort of you know revolutionary discovery at least in recent years you have people saying oh this could change everything we know about science and the the scientists interviewed are like I'm excited about this to know that like what we know already could be wrong because mm-hmm. you you want to learn more and if you are yeah. wrong you want to make sure you change your views and change your understanding of how the world works because right. like you said with science you want to get things right yeah one of the people he mentions here is actually probably a a good argument against rationalia is like is richard dawkins himself cuz he's very well respected in like at in the atheist community, right. in the scientific community in general, he's got like, he wrote the selfish gene. Uh, he, he's well respected, but he's also kind of an ass and kind often of. is biased. He, he's not a great example of, he's not a good, he's not an example at all of an objective scientist. And so you, there are problems with scientists, but that's why like you would need a panel, you would need a group of people from all walks of life to get a diverse opinion on evidence. You can't just rely on any one person. You can't just rely on any one group of people. Science is repeatability based on evidence. I don't know the the whole piece, go read it, get upset (laughs) or don't read it. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So sorry, two things. Dawkins. uh, I finally, Super fan of East Meets West, Natalie Olds, has returned my Unscientific America book, which I need to pick up and read so I can get a passage from it 
mm-hmm. they explain very well why science in general does not care about religion because it's not a falsifiable claim. Mm-hmm. And so you have a scientist who's making or spending a lot of time arguing about religion. It's that is a person arguing about religion. That's not science arguing mm-hmm. about religion. That's thing one. Thing two, I'm sorry, sociologists. I got riled up because I think this guy's a dork. Actually, no. I think he's misguided. And <laughs> yeah. I think this is very much a piece along the lines of brunches for jerks. Yes. And I don't like it. And I got upset. And I'm sorry, sociology. You do have value. <clears throat> Pardon. You do have valuable contributions to the body of human knowledge. Mm-hmm. I was upset. And I, yeah. <laughs> I, I said things I should not have said. Not all sociologists. Correct. Hashtag. So, Nick, on your first point, I would say that when you have scientists or, or atheists, atheist scientists, scientists mm-hmm. in general, argue against religion, they're arguing against religion trying to pass off as science and saying you are not science because of this. I wouldn't say they're arguing religion, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not, crea- I don't follow. I'll use creationism as an example because that's pretty much the most common theme of these types of scientists versus religion debates. Right. That creationism very often tries to pass itself off as science in, mm-hmm. in whatever arguments it sets up. And if no one's there to speak against that and be like, actually you're not, then you're, I think that's doing more harm than trying to at least set up a forum to argue it, to have the other side heard. But I agree that it's not science's job to say religion is wrong because that's, they're not even in the same arena, but it's when religion tries to put itself in the same arena that you have to kind of push back a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah. and that's – sorry, that's – arguing against creationism is – It's not even arguing against creationism. As far as arguing against creationism being taught in schools, I'm fine with that because cre- the central tenets of creationism – well, no, they're not easily falsifiable. The 6,000-year the timeline is pretty falsifiable – so far mm-hmm. as we understand it. Um, sorry, Rob, it looked like you had something to say. Well, I just wanted to say that by the arguments that I've heard of religion, like I, I went and watched the whole um, Bill Nye and Ken Ham creationism debate, which was very disappointing just because they always will be. But um, you can always take the argument to the next level and you can say oh, the 6,000-year-old thing is true because that's how it was made. You can always go to the next level and say that's because of religion. That's because of God. That's because of a bigger idea that we don't understand. You, whereas you can't go the other way with science. You can't say definitely not because it's, it's not falsifiable. You can't know whether Earth was created 10 seconds ago with us having already started this hangout versus <laughs> just – you honestly can't. 
versus it Did having I re- existed all along. Do I remember along. that? Or was that implanted? <laughs> exactly. You, it's not, you can't, that's not science. You can't test it. You can't know. You can't look at it. There's no, nothing you can do. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's why I don't think it's even a matter of arguing against creationism. Like, you can believe yeah. that if you want, but don't call it science. Right. That, yeah. That's that's the whole thing. Like, like you can you can believe whatever you'd like, but just don't call it science. And don't teach it in schools. Don't teach it in schools as science. It, Even teach right it as creationism one hundred and one if you want, and let kids take it if they want. Or yeah, do it in a religious school. Yeah, yeah. but you better make sure that they're going to pass the provincial regulated tests. Right. Yeah. Um. Incidentally, Kaya did visit the. Uh, the Creationist Museum in Alberta. In Carson? There, there's I, one I in Alberta. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's realized the error of her ways and she is now a fundamentalist Christian. <clears throat> and that's the end of what, that sarcasm. What does that mean? <laughs> Sorry? That's a very confusing statement. The error of her Mostly ways. because I don't understand. It has nothing to do with it being wrong. I'm just curious. Kai is not religious. I, I don't know if I said that already. It didn't sound like sarcasm. It wasn't phrased that way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was meant to be deadpan. That was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because, well, not funny because some people actually do end up that way after visiting those do, places. Do you say going to the, do, so going to the Creationist Museum actually had the opposite effect of intended? No. Or she Kai wasn't was, all along. Kai is not religious, nothing. nor was she before visiting Carson. Okay. Good. I'm glad glad that's settled. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, oh, I, big I feel valley. like I'm big valley. It was in. Oh, yes. big valley. Okay. I, I'm ready to move past this uh, this terrible piece, and I hope that uh, if you haven't already read it, don't don't feel compelled to. <laughs> but uh, you can if you want. It it is an interesting thing to see what bad arguments look like. And I'm I'm curious as to why Slate published it, other than maybe that it was controversial and so people would read it. Clickbait. It's because we're talking about it now. <laughs> That's why they wrote it. <laughs> it's why brunches for jerks turned into such a big thing. Yeah. Brunch is the best. Here's what brunch symbolizes. No, brunch is actually a meal and they serve delicious <laughs> things, which is why I go to brunch. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about pokemon like is, that, is that all right with you guys stupid opinion yes. piece published in the paper ever like i remember one about like why it was hard for a mother to raise sons and it was just this long rambling tale which ended with i was angry with my son and then he tried to make me smile and I didn't smile. And then he went and cleaned his room. And that was a huge epiphany for me. And I'm like, what on earth is this story you just told me? Uh, that's good. Or that's good stuff. Kaya forwarded on an article about a dad saying why it's important to be well-dressed when you have a son. And it was similarly like, Kaya sent it to me because I've started to dress nicer working at the Hudson's Bay. Yeah. But it was just this long rambling tale and which culminates with his son needing a suit. So they have a father son trip to Brooks brothers in which they like pick out clothes and 
that's like a huge epiphany for him. They had a father son moment. And I'm like, that's great. You can have father son moments over a wide variety of things. I don't know why it has to be men's formal wear. Right. God, I hate the newspapers so much. <laughs> oh, this was the newspaper? No wonder. This was a newspaper. This was in the Globe and Mail. <laughs> I'm sure there were people that loved it. Probably men that yeah. wear formal clothing a lot. Yeah. So on to other controversial think so pieces people are today. talking about sorry. on the internet. <laughs> Let's talk about Pokemon. So Nick, you just started yesterday. Is that uh day before yesterday? Okay. 36 hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot going on. So Mike, why don't you, you have some news that we can base discussion on. So why don't you, why don't you start with one of those? Yeah. So, up until two days ago, Nick was not one of the 6% of Canadian Android users that have installed Pokemon. And to clarify, it hasn't been released on the Play Store. So right. anyone who's installed it up to this point in Canada, and in many parts of the world for that matter, have been installing it from what's called an APK, a something-something kit. Application package kit, I think, Something maybe? like that, yeah. Um. So it's, it's what's called side-loading when you install those uh, APKs on, on an Android device because it's it's the same way you download a program off the internet and install it on your computer because a computer generally doesn't have its dedicated store other than iTunes and the Windows Store yeah. or the Microsoft Store. Uh, but when it comes to Android devices, it's fairly unconventional to be installing programs like that. I often will install the Google updates, say the Hangouts or... Right. Gmail or whatever, if if I find something interesting that I want to try out before it's released and push to my device. Um, and those are signed by Google and verified and secure and whatnot. So there, there's little to no risk of downloading those APKs um, if you have a trusted site that you can go to. Hashtag uh, Android. Hashtag, hashtag freedom. Hashtag <laughs> Linux is communism. Yeah. So there's, there's a site called APK Mirror that hosts a lot of these these APKs that people download and they released fairly early on, if not the first uh, Pokemon go APK. And yeah, last I heard they had a, I want to say a couple million page views to that, to that site. Right. Uh, to install this, this APK. And so I installed it on my device, possibly the first or second day it came out on, on that site. Uh, Rob, you did you install it on your Android device or no? No. No. Okay. I don't know how they're treating, I think, I don't know if you actually wrote about it, but there was talking about uh, banning players. Yeah. And I didn't want to install it on more than one device just in case that was a thing that could get you, like, have use the account on more than one device. Yeah. Just it seemed like that was a possible reason to not let you, uh, like, to soft ban you. They've been soft banning people for a couple hours at a time if they're, like, faking location or, like, doing oh, okay. interesting things like that. Not for installing it out of country bounds. Like logged in on more than one device or installed trying on Trying to more? be trying to be logged in on more than one device at a time. Right. Like just trying to farm and I, I could see them getting into right. things like that. Okay. Uh and so I just didn't first of all, my Android phone's just like sitting there. Actually, it's right behind me. Uh I just didn't because I haven't touched it since that came out. Right. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, so I had installed it and Rob, you know, I've both been playing it probably for the same amount of time, probably for about yeah. a week now, 
I want to say. Something like that, yeah. We talked about it. We'd just gotten it last show, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so, yeah, 6% of Android devices, they don't have stats for iOS as per usual because Apple doesn't release stats like that or make those available. Right. The developers could, but they're not. Yeah. Um, I'd imagine it's significantly less because there's a bit more yes. hassle to put on an iOS device. Say, I would imagine yeah. it's significantly higher based on a walk that Kai and I had in Prince's Island Park in the rain. Really? That place was crawling with wannabe Poke Masters. With iPhones, though? No, Nick, you're saying it's higher than what? Uh, 6%. Oh, no, I'm huh. saying that I... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's because iOS has a non-insignificant number. Oh, but it's sorry, I meant high. like Android devices because... But you number- also have a broken sample. Also, well, buy a sample, too, because yeah, 100% see- of people in the area have Pokemon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> i see a lot of pokemon trainers around is what i'm trying to yeah. say yeah oh for sure and and i i don't disagree there's this it's been crazy and it's funny because when i'm walking around downtown at lunch playing pokemon every person i see that has their phone open i'm like i bet they're playing pokemon <laughs> even though they're probably not but I, it's just yeah. that mindset of yeah. like i'm playing it i bet you are too the, no yeah. like look at the screens man oh it's no for sure yeah everyone everywhere areas. Well, it's funny. I was on. I'm on a couple of Facebook pages for for Pokemon Go players, and there's people on that will say, "Oh yeah, we we're out from like ten and ten p.m. to five a.m. last night." And this other person was saying that, "Oh yeah, I was out two thirty p.m. to ten p.m. just in Princess Island catching Pokemon." I'm like, "How yes. do you guys have so much time on your hands?" <laughs> yeah, and I remember how? that I, it's summer and there's no school. Being in university, I was going to say underemployment is really going to pay off for me. <laughs> yeah, in Pokemon Go. Yeah. So. uh Nick, why don't you tell us how your experience has been? Because you, you've had it for less than 48 hours, and you're at what level already? I am. Let me double check here. It's actually open. <laughs> I am 7,000 of 9,000 through level 9. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, that's impressive. I, that's very fast. I'll give you props. I've, I have seen other people who have full-time jobs that got to level 9 in one day. Um, but yeah, they did not work at those jobs. Yeah, they clearly weren't working at those jobs. Yeah, that's right. Mr. No, Nick, trust us. We're level 12s. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, at this rate, I'm going to be level 12 soon. To be fair, you should still trust us, but yes, you are, you are getting up there. I, I have noticed that I'm catching stronger and stronger Pokemon. Oh, the yes. interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy how that works. So how could I have possibly known? I I don't know. You're you're welcome, by the way. Yeah, that was that was all you guys. Thanks. <laughs> I was Just wondering say, I, why I, I wasn't catching like level ten caterpies anymore. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> Every once in a while, you still do. Yeah, my legs yeah, no. are actually really sore today. <laughs> I walked I walked for three hours yesterday. Nice. Wow. And that was like I went to read a rock garden and got caught in the rain. And the day before, we went to Princess Island Park. I need to catch some more grass types. I really like grass types. Yeah. There's also, very there's, few grass types there's been now. Snorlax and Porygon around. and Really? Nice. Yeah, I, I dropped a lure, my one and only lure last night. And it was mm. underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same experience with my lure. <laughs> I had great experiences with them. Can I was at uh, yours I was at or a pub other last people's? night. Sorry? Yours or other people's? Both, okay. but specifically, I was at a pub two nights ago, and there were two stops right across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. 
and both had lures on them and it was just like i was out with like 10 other people and i was just like just playing the entire until they ran out it was just but, like i it was non-stop just catching new ones what yeah. types of pokemon though a lot of uh drowsies well drowsies are very popular right. in ottawa so i'd, I'd I've consider heard. that disappointing because i think i think drowsies are really popular in downtown centers it sounds yeah. like it's because it's so boring. That's what I've heard. The capital of Ottawa, the capital of Canada is Look, a Calgary's, place for a drowsy. All I catch are drowsies. Yeah. That's like there's for, surprisingly Forbes has been at the forefront of <laughs> Pokemon Go writing. <laughs> but um, no, they had like a comprehensive list of like where to find different types of Pokemon. Right. I kind of want to go to the fire station and see if I catch some fire types. Uh, yeah that's apparently not a thing like yeah i don't think uh, it actually it kind of is a thing but i don't think the type by specific location is a thing no their engine doesn't support that functionality yet i'm sure at some point they will like i do know that water types are often more common around water Mm -hmm. like when when i'm in princess island walking along the river like they're all water types yeah and also like uh it seems that when it's raining they're really popular that's that's hmm. been debunked too slightly, but has it? Yeah, I think that's I mostly know. confirmation bias. It's been raining, and I've been seeing a lot of water types details. Hmm. Hmm. I also really like I Haunter's one of my favorites, so I I really want more Gastlys to come through. Yeah, I just got one the other day. So while we're on the topic of wandering around catching Pokemon, there's been a lot of people who don't have very good data plans wanting to play Pokemon. Well, specifically people on wind, right? This is what I'm hearing. What do you mean? <laughs> people on wind are having a terrible time trying to play because the data is so spotty. Oh, like coverage wise. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'm talking That's more different. But yeah. I'm talking more data allowance yeah. plans. And uh, so in light of that, or because of that T-Mobile in the States is offering customers free Pokemon go data. Yeah. So part of their uh, their net neutrality initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse net neutrality. Right. Issue. So they're, they're zero rating, which currently is not considered a violation of net neutrality as far as enforcing yeah. it. It's it's under review still, I believe, but uh, companies are still allowed to allow free data passage for specific apps at their own discretion. Yeah. Um, I would. Oh man. Fido Kudo and Virgin are all tailored to the younger crowd. So if they would all mm-hmm. just allow free Pokemon Go data, I'm sure they would just roll in it. So Pokemon Go does not use that much data. I have they're noticed sent, that, like, yeah. All the assets are in there already. They're sending zeros and ones back and forth. That's it. I've been using it for an entire week, almost exclusively on cellular data, and it's at 75 megabytes. Contrast that. Actually, that's just the last three days. So it's about 25 megabytes a day, but contrast that with even something like Snapchat. I've used like I've used more data on Snapchat than I did there. I've used literally like what 25 times more on YouTube, and that's like watching one video. Yeah, it's not that much data. Yeah, Yeah. relative to the other services, and and so that's kind of where it's similar to the battery life issue. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are just realizing that their data plans suck. Yeah. In general, and they're being more aware of it, even though Pokemon isn't using that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my battery has been... I don't know if it's just this new phone that I got, but my battery life has been amazing. 
even relative, like just compared to what I'd expect when I heard people saying that their phones were dying quickly, I have not experienced any of that using Pokemon with any of the phones that I've had since it came out. Yeah. Like, I mean, any application, if you leave it running hours on end, is going to mm-hmm. drain your battery. But I can't imagine Pokemon is specifically draining your battery. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I've noticed that it's no worse than when I was playing Angris. Right. Yeah. Like, maps, when I'm navigating, it drains my battery quite a bit. Right. Like, if I'm driving for an hour and a half uh, with, yeah. without my phone being plugged in, like, it will drain my battery a good amount. But I wouldn't say that Pokemon's any worse. Right. Or or YouTube. Even if I watch like an hour and a half on YouTube for without plugging it in, it would drain it pretty badly. Right. So I, I don't think Pokemon's any worse than any other app. Yeah, I would say it's almost it almost certainly better than uh YouTube, for instance. Because oh, sure. YouTube's constantly using massive amounts of data. Yeah. I also wanna just make sure that we've mentioned that Team Instinct is the official team of Future Chat. It is. It is. Yeah. Research staff included. Uh, now, <laughs> Actually, I <yeah>. chose it. <laughs> <laughs> I chose it because it seemed like the most kind of, I, I, I kind of called it the Sherlock Holmes of, of teams. Sorry? The Sherlock like, Holmes. I would argue that like it was Mystic the, is the Sherlock Holmes of teams. Mystic is blue? Yeah. I argued that was the Gandhi of teams. More what? emotional intelligence. Whereas no, that's like cold calculation is Team Mystic. Team Instinct is just like, yeah, Pokemon kind of figure things out. Hmm. See, that's not how I, I, I didn't read it that closely oh, the, when I picked. The, it said the Team Instinct believes that, what is it? The secret behind evolution is instinct. Okay. <laughs> like Pokemon instinct. Right. Right. And that generally, if you trust the Pokemon's instinct, you'll win more. So, I don't know, something like that. Mm. I picked it also, because it was an underdog. <laughs> that's and that's another good one. I've always thought I should trust my instinct more, so that's what I'm going to go with, which is odd considering the science. But Well, yeah, I, I would not say there's any underdogs. <laughs> People are picking arbitrarily based on colors and words. No, it's actually no, there. Yeah. there's good marketing stuff behind it. Cause like when you say marketing, marketing, like you present three options, people never go with the first option. They usually go with the middle or the last. And that's, if you've noticed, it's instinct, mystic, uh, valor and mystic and valor are definitely the most popular teams. Well, and also because Pokemon blue and red were the first two versions out. So people have affiliations with that. I don't remember. Is it possible they switched the order up? Because I remember yellow being third. No, yeah, yellow was no. third. Oh, in the the selection order. Yeah, I feel like it was third too. I yellow was first for me. But like, I it's read possible they. I read an article those, in Forbes about marketing and how it applies to picking your teams. Right. I wonder if it's randomized or if I'm just remembering wrong. I really feel like it was third. Me too. It was first for both Kai and I. Hmm. Interesting. We're learning today. Not like all the other episodes. No. This one we're learning. So 
I have a few more minutes before my heart out. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say on Pokemon? Is, do you want to give it one piece of advice on what we've learned so far? Nick, you're excluded from this, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Because <laughs> Nick's still a noob. After this, I'm going to go for a walk, get to level 10, maybe 11, but still not going to be a 12 or a 14. Yep. I, I'm almost at 15 now. Did you want me to save my Stardust? Yes. yes Is that a please. thing? I only have... Mm-hmm. Wait, let's see here. Let's see. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm, I, I'm intrigued by how people collect stuff so fast when it seems like I have a very hard time collecting stuff. So I live at a Pokestop. just walking. So I'll tell you what I've learned so far in my mm-hmm. own experience is I'm not concerned anymore about trying to level up really quickly and compete in gyms because after right. seeing people are playing eight hours a day every day and spending money and spending money, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not even going to yeah. try. So I'll just continue having fun. I'll, I'll get yeah. excited when I catch new Pokemon. I'll, I'll get excited when I level up, but I'm not going to oh, get man. too competitive there, about it. There are gyms around where I can be competitive if I'm willing to leave the house immediately. Cause there's like <laughs> three or four that I can see. And so every right. so often there's like a level 200 Pidgey and I'm like, <sighs> I could destroy it. I could destroy it right now. I just have to leave. And it's like, but I still don't have any battery and my <laughs> legs hurt. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you need a battery pack. I, I have 15,000 Stardust. Okay. It's not your 16,000, Rob. It really isn't. And No, it's not. Such regret, I feel. But <laughs> one day, that's, that's just all getting funneled into my Bulbasaur. <laughs> right. You, you can't. You don't have enough candies for him. Not yet. I just have to catch more Bulbasaurs discard them because they're not my Bulbasaur <laughs> and then level up feed Stardust hatch some eggs have you yeah. have you guys seen those memes about transferring Pokemon and how it's just a blender that generates candy yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I'm also looking forward to like trading with people I'd also like to see Pokemon level up yeah. from combat but yeah I too. could see why being in the gym would be a problem because you could just hit your own gym with tiny little Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I find there's not enough incentive to use Pokemon in battle. Like, like there's, and even competing against other people, that'd be fun to be able to compete against other people and level up Pokemon that way. Right. Yeah. But right now you only have, you're only able to catch other of that same type, which if you have a rare Pokemon, you're never going to level that guy up because you have to catch like 50 of that one to. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. I would, but yeah, like I said, I would love to take my Bulbasaur out and just rampage through all the wild Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. That said, like the Pokemon I'm seeing now are way too high in level for my yeah. for my bu- poor yeah. little Bulbasaur to be competitive. <laughs> yeah. You know what you need? You need an option to either fight or capture the Pokemon you come across. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then fighting would give you 20 XP for that that pokemon or something but isn't in the uh, i've never really played the game boy game do you didn't you try to knock them out and then capture them yeah you have to get them no. down to a certain yeah you get them down to like a low enough health yeah that they're easier to catch because if so they could you, you get them on the brink of death and then you catch them. yeah because if they faint you can't catch them. You, yeah you can't yeah, catch them. it's like why you never or what is it it's why you never uh do the thing with legendaries. Oh, you never knock out a legendary. 
Right. Because you won't get another chance. I still remember when I was cap- trying to catch Zapdos, I got him down to like 10 hit points. And then I used my Master Ball and caught him. You did what? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. And then I taught him fly. <laughs> I, which in is, fairness, which is I was also, a, really I was also a child and I taught my legendaries fly. I taught, I taught my Venusaur cut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I taught my Zapdos cut too. <laughs> uh, mine was like it was cut and actually cut i looked it up it's the same efficacy as tackle so <laughs> that's what it replaced but yeah no, I, I definitely taught zapdos fly you, you gotta have a normal move in there yeah well <laughs> he's the guy i carried around i didn't want to keep having to pick up a pidgey every time i wanted to fly somewhere yeah right that's that's inconvenient also i don't know they flew up and then like whatever attack missed yeah it seems it seemed good yeah in defensive fly (laughs) (laughs) in defensive teaching your legendaries mps Mm. hms or hms sorry that's right jesus sorry it's been a while those are members of parliament (laughs) (laughs) uh all right well you guys you guys want to wrap up for the week in that case I feel like this conversation can go on forever and you guys are welcome to keep talking, but I have to I have to go soon slash now ish. For for your bachelor's. You guys are welcome to keep... Go out there, Rob. Be the very best. Like no one ever was. Mm. <laughs> catch them is right. your real test, but to train them is your cause. <laughs> I would travel across the land, searching far and wide. Ba, ba, ba. I was I was so off key there. I'm just not going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Future Chat. Uh, we'll be back next week with more uh, science and tech talk. See you next time. Ciao. Toodaloo. So many good bumper sounds. <laughs> I know it's my destiny. Pokemon. Oh, you're my best friend in a world we must defend. <sighs> I want to get a great song. I've had it stuck in my head for days now. I want to get an electronic car horn that does a Pokemon theme <laughs> so that as I drive by people on their phones, I can go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I'm just gonna go it, back and watch the series again because yeah, I'm just mad nostalgia this week. If you guys want to keep talking and keep recording, that's fine. I just have to. I have to go and get ready and go. I I'm gonna go for a poke walk. <laughs> okay. I, I need to hit some more parks so I can get some more grass types because Obvi. There's bell sprouts in Kensington. I have a bell sprout. It's, oh. Well, excuse me. Do you have a weeping bell yet? I have a very shitty bell sprout that I caught a long time ago and only one of them. I do not have a weeping bell. Let's see there's, how many candies I have. For this there's guy. Nidorans in Kensington, too. Oh, man. And the problem with All right, being I'm going to head out. Okay. <laughs> bye, Rob. Yeah, okay. See bye. Guys. I only have three candy. The th- I have such problems with things being hatched from eggs because I got a sand shrew and I would love to level that guy up, but he came from yeah. an egg and I can't, yeah. I apparently I don't have, I wish I had Pokemon go and Drumheller Cause that would have been really, <laughs> really interesting. 
See, I got a Dratini from an egg, and I'm never going to find a Dratini anywhere. Oh, no, there's Dratini around. Where? Um, When I was coming back from Rita Rock Garden, there was a Dratini out there. But see, I'm never in any areas long enough to farm them, to evolve them, like or to level them up even. Well, I mean, I'm assuming as you play longer and longer, that'll all just come out in the wash. I guess. I'm not that patient, though. I have, like, a bunch of Pidgeys and Rattatas and Raticates. You've got to trade those in and evolve No, there. I do. I'm, I'm waiting okay. to use them, like, with a Lucky Egg to get that XP bonus that I was telling you about. Oh. Right? I had not thought of that. I, we told you about that. That was part of our advice that you were ignoring. Oh, was it? Yes. I don't know. I was just going to, like, wait for a lure and oh, use my no. Lucky Egg then. No, like, like wait, wait until I'm in with a bunch of lures. No, do a mass evolution. I mean, go to a lure and evolve and then catch in between. Well, why not but... just like, why not just keep a bunch of candies instead of keeping all the animals? Because you don't get XP from training, from transferring to Professor Oak, do you? Or no, but Willow. What you, so what you do is you transfer, get your candies, and then once you're ready to evolve, use your lucky egg. And so if you evolve like 10 times, that's a thou- or 10,000 XP times 3 is like 30,000 XP all at once. Oh, how many evolutions are you thinking of doing? I've got enough Pidgey saved up for like 6 or 7. Oh, and solid. Then, and then Rattata, I've got like 4 or 5 saved up. Like I've, I've, And Drowsy, I've got a bunch too. So I'm going to mm. just... Between Drowsy, Pidgey, and Rattata, I'm going to do a bunch of evolutions and... Hopefully level up a couple times. Solid. Solid. That's something you should save for like the higher levels when it gets further and further in between. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My assumption. All right. Anyway. I just keep sitting here looking at my phone being like, gotta (laughs) catch them all. (laughs) I I do that at work. I'm like, why isn't lunchtime here yet? (laughs) And then, of course, the server's like super full and won't let me in over lunch hour. But. I'm going to see if I can take out any of these gyms. I finally won a gym battle. The one down by my place was pretty easy to beat until another Team Yellow crew took it over with a bunch of 1,000 yeah, plus. holy crap. Like, people just... There is... There are some very powerful Pokemon around. Yeah. Also, should be. I like, didn't realize gyms... that gyms had multiple Pokemon in them. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, yeah. like... It can get as high as, like, six or seven sometimes. Like... Yeah. Like although there's one single Lapras. Do you know if how water and ice work? Because I have a Jinx. I'm pretty sure my Jinx could take down this Lapras. You'd have to look at that table. The problem is Lapras I think has dragon moves too that are mm. probably powerful. Fair enough. Alright. Anyway, I'll let you go. Let's go catch them all, Mike. Good luck. <laughs>